It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome to another episode of Cause Monday on the Hive Sports. I'm your host, Jake Sorensen, at JakerSword21, if you want to find me on Twitter. Um, Instagram, I'm under JakerSword21 as well, and then also you can find me on Facebook, but mostly on Instagram and um, Twitter. But um, today, for a Cause Monday, we have some awesome content for you guys. Um, Dan wrote an awesome article before I get started, um, just in regards to BYU football and some things that he's noted that kind of set them apart this year from years past. And so um, take a time, take some time out of your day to, to listen and um, to this podcast, but then also to read some of the articles that have been posted on thehypesports.com. Make sure to follow us at the Hype Sports as well on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and yeah, we love to hear your feedback and your content that you guys want to have shared, and um, we love to have you guys on the episodes as well. So if anybody wants to join an episode, feel free to reach out to me or Dan, and we can set something up to get you on. Today, um, we have quite the lineup. Uh, we have quite a few things that we need to cover, uh, mostly as it pertains to BYU being 3-0, and which is an amazing accomplishment. Super stoked for Cougar Nation, super stoked for the team, super stoked for everybody who really last year kind of put up with the narrative of BYU played a cupcakes high school schedule, and anybody that really... Um, just kind of felt like BYU was better than than they got the credit they deserve um, than they got the credit for. Um, so the the game was nuts. Like one of the coolest football plays I've ever seen happened. Um, as you guys know, the Tyler Algier rundown after the pick from uh, Jaron Hall. Um, it was kind of a really interesting game. I thought the defense actually did really really well. I thought it was possibly going to be BYU by multiple touchdowns in the end, um, like 17 plus points by the way it was playing out. Um, but when they started getting stalled on those drives, um, within the 30 yards, um, of the end zone, whether it be a turnover or whether it be, um, a big sack, um, for a loss or, um, whatever it be that way, I kind of just feel like BYU got their momentum killed. Um, but it was really interesting to see some of the Arizona state players and fans commenting after the game, just about how physical that game was. Um, I, I don't think Arizona had been tested to that level um, this far in the season, um, obviously starting out against SUU and then playing a, a UNLV team, which we know isn't too strong now. It was really interesting to be able to to listen to some of the sports um, writers from Arizona kind of just gauging where these these Arizona football teams are obviously um, playing Arizona the University of Arizona week one and then losing to Northern Arizona which is an FCS school and now being 0-3 it kind of makes you wonder just how good that team is it obviously doesn't look like they're super great they're they're missing some some aspects and maybe it's the 2QB system um, whatever it be that way but there's also some other aspects that um, are kind of interesting to, to BYU's schedule now because Utah, um, they lost to San Diego State. And so 33-31 to 31 in overtime, triple overtime, after they put in um, Cam Rising. And you kind of see 
um, a different aspect of, of Utah football with a guy that looks like Travis Wilson. And then, um, I don't know, it's kind of really these first three games, I don't feel like have given us a good picture of what BYU football really is. Um, I think we've seen glimpses, and I think they're improving on a week-to-week basis, and they're in some of these like grinded-out kind of games. Obviously, the national media loves them enough to jump them all the way from 23rd to 15th, and I think I read on Twitter today that they've jumped like 23 total spots since the season began. Um, it's either 23 or 28, which is just a huge amount of spots that they've jumped in a matter of three games. It kind of makes you wonder, um, like I mentioned at the beginning, the narrative that BYU just played that cupcake schedule last year and they were going to have to reload after losing all that talent to the NFL. Um, but it seems like the reload happened really at a good time. Um, but it, I, I still, as a fan and, and also as a somebody that's covering kind of what's going on with the Cougars, I feel nervous. I feel like we um, need to take it game by game. I feel like this team could be special, and I think they are really good. I just I feel like we haven't been able to get a full glimpse of that yet just because of everything that's been going on. I, I really think the meat of the schedule kind of still lies in that Baylor-Virginia um, area. I think USC will come around towards the end of the schedule and cap it out. Utah State's 3-0, and and BYU will be there in two weeks. Um, which we'll have Dan and I um, doing a joint podcast, I believe, in a couple weeks for that. So keep an eye out for that podcast. But just a couple really interesting touch points for the schedule that uh, up to this point, I mean, I did not predict BYU would be 3-0 out of these first three games. I thought, I mean, I was setting my expectations for nine plus wins. I really think 10 was realistic, but I thought one of those first losses would happen in these first three games. And now that they're 3-0, the sky's the limit for this team, really. Uh, I, I really am anxious and excited to see how they come into Provo this weekend with South Florida, who they lost to a couple of years ago. I just really hope they're locked in and, and that they're ready to play again. The injury to Keenan Pilly um, will definitely be um, on the minds of everybody as that announcement will come today uh, for for Cause Monday. And um They'll they'll kind of make some some adjustments if he's not good to go. Or hopefully it's not season ending with his knee. Um, but then also Jaron Hall getting um, the wind knocked out of him made everybody a little bit nervous. Obviously Baylor Romney had that amazing fade touchdown to Isaac Rex, and he just out. I mean he threw the ball in a perfect spot. He outreached the guy, and it was just a really amazing play to kind of cap off the game. I, I was really really impressed though overall like. The chase down, there's just some some defensive plays, the fumble right at the beginning of the game, uh, the interception um, that I think it was Thule caught it, but Wilgar lit up the receiver. It was just one of the coolest um, diving interceptions. BYU's had a lot of those tip balls kind of picks lately, and it was really awesome to see that play specifically. Some really big football plays. So I'm anxious to see BYU this weekend and, and next uh, in two weeks as they go to Utah State. There's going to be some really interesting things that happen. And so just hoping they're, they're locking in and, and ready for that. I, uh, I wanted to go a little bit, um, on a different note for, for just a minute. I'm still with football, but I wanted to talk about how Kalani, um, Sataki has really kind of built this culture, um, within BYU of having fun, playing hard, uh, and physical, but also doing things the right way. There were a couple plays um, during the game on Saturday when, um, towards the end, Tyler Algier was just pounding the rock. They were getting uh, probably 
I think seven plus yards per carry average and just beating the ball down the field. And then we saw on the, I mean, whether you're watching on TV or at the game, uh, you see the players from Arizona state kind of just yank the helmets off of, um, Lopini Katoa and um, Tyler Algier. And the second one was thrown for the flag on Arizona State. But it just made me question, I guess, kind of like I mentioned a couple times this week on Twitter as well as in last week's podcast, the aspect of like physical play versus like dirty play. And it just felt like there was a um, level of when Arizona State felt like they were out of the game, they started to play that dirty football. And you just hope that nobody gets hurt. You hope that the integrity of the game is maintained, and you hope that the refs will will be able to to maintain the the integrity of what they're called to do in, in refing the game. I noted multiple missed holding calls on like the ends, and maybe they're just trying to let let the game be played and, and let things happen that way. But it, it felt it felt a little bit as though they were letting things go. There was even that should have been target on their linebacker when he hit um, Jaron Hall and that former um, NFL referee um, who I think also just, he still said he's um, being a referee and everything that way, but uh, I can't remember his name. I think his last name is Murphy on Twitter. Um, he was like, yeah, it's definitely a target. He kept his head down, like targeted to the neck and, and head area of the player. It should have been a, a targeting, but it just seemed like they were having a hard time. And even then, Arizona State had 16 penalties to BYU's three, which is just insane. Like a really high, oh man, high level of uh, dirty play, not necessarily even dirty play, just undisciplined football. And I mean, I don't think that there's anything that can be said really now post game. Like the, I'm sure these refs go back and review how they called the game and everything that way. But if I'm in an Arizona state fan and I'm watching these, these guys play football and I see Jaden Daniels, who's a really excellent quarterback. I see him kind of launch the ball down to the field. The speed on these guys is some of the best speed I've ever seen. I'm just wondering why with all that speed and all that talent, why can't they play more disciplined football? I'm really grateful that BYU came out with the win. I'm really grateful that BYU plays a style of football that is really clean and that is really uh, reputable. Um, and Kalani Sataki's name popped up a little bit this week um, for the USC coaching position with Clay Helton having been fired. And it just uh, makes me hope that BYU can do anything they can to retain Kalani because he really has brought love and, and love of the game, love of um, what the score presents love of just your your fellow team members and um I just think there's a different way of playing football, a different way of recruiting that's happening at BYU that feels from what I've heard like it was during the Lavelle Edwards era. And it makes me really excited to be able to witness um an era like this for BYU football. Um as a fan, as somebody who's like I mentioned covering and things that way, I, I just hope that we can all enjoy these moments. Um, kind of like last year when we didn't even know if we would have football, just enjoying game by game, being grateful that these guys come out every week and, and really put their physical talents and abilities out there as a display for us to enjoy and enter, um, to entertain us. And I couldn't be more grateful as a fan um, personally um, to that um, level of play and that, that style that Kalani has brought to the team. I wanted to also talk a little bit today about um, – how we talk, we got to talk about coach Tuyaki, um, his defensive scheme. 
I've been really impressed with this bend don't break um, kind of adaptation that they've thrown in there. There was the sack by Pepe Tanuvasa, and Tyler Batty was getting there all night. Um, if it weren't for some holds on him, he would have been there to the quarterback. He was getting push. He was getting everything you want your defensive ends to get. Um, and I think Mangelson is the other one, um, 93 uh, for the Cougars, who was getting a lot of push against these really physical and, and I would say pretty awesome offensive linemen for, for Arizona State. Highly impressed with their, their offensive line. Um, other than the mental errors that they made, be, the rock was the loudest I've heard it maybe ever. The, the Utah game last week was pretty darn loud. But this game was just as loud. It was insane how loud it was. And maybe, like I said, louder um, during that, that time when they were in the end zone with the Rock and the four straight false starts. Just really insane. It was awesome to, to witness and be able to hear and, and be there. And But I also know from what my brother was saying just on TV, like you could feel the energy coming through the TV. There's an analyst this last week. I think it was David Nixon or um, – Somebody um, within the BYU um, reporting side of things said that that energy hasn't been felt in the stadium. No, an energy like that hasn't been felt in the stadium since um, the Lavelle Edwards era. And it just made me really excited to be able to, to see that and experience that. I am really excited to, for this matchup this next week um, against South Florida because I think it's another team that brings a lot of speed. So it'll kind of test the um, bend-don't-break method that they've kind of used. BYU's been getting punched in the mouth a little bit with the run game, um, but they seem to still be able to most of the time adjust. It's you're going to adjust to the run game and lock them down on the ends, or you're going to play that that zone kind of deal and your line's going to to hold the line of scrimmage. And um, This game, I didn't feel like BYU owned the line of scrimmage uh, on offense nearly as much until the fourth quarter when they kind of pulled away. Um, For the first multiple quarters, obviously, they they weren't having as much success running the football, and then things started to to slightly open up. I was really impressed with Arizona State's defense, though. I think this might have been the best defense that BYU's offense has played to date, even though Arizona's um, week one was really solid and Utah's was really solid. The speed as as well as the, the physical strength of the Arizona State defense was something that we we hadn't seen. Um, And I'm really excited, like I said, to see the speed again this week uh, against South Florida. They did beat, um, I think it was Florida A&M University, 38-17 on Saturday. Prior to that, though, they lost to Florida 45-20, and then they got shut out in week one, um, which was just a really uh, ugly kind of game for them. I think it was NC State 45-0. And NC State, from what I can tell so far this season, hasn't been exceptional. They've been good. I thought last year they were good too, but I, I think there's definitely some some um, some holes to take care of uh, and and kind of take advantage of. I love seeing the tight ends, Down Holker and Isaac Rex getting the ball. Um, I love being able to watch uh, a couple of those um, receivers that we've noted previously, like Gunnar Romney. Uh, I think he had um, the well, he had the big touchdown, obviously, but he had like 77 receiving yards on six receptions. So just getting into open space and getting a lot of yards. Um, really excited for for Gunner and and everything he means for the team. Honestly, it's it's been huge to have somebody like him um, on the team. Where you have Puka and you have Samson and you have him and you have Keanu Hill and you have all these this depth at receiver 
and quarterback and all the all the skill positions. Honestly, this is probably one of the deepest BYU's team BYU teams I've ever seen. It's just been amazing. Um, a couple of things I'm going to watch out for against South Florida. Like I mentioned, the run game. Um, the last time we played them in Florida, we had that big lead. Um, Jaron Hall gets hurt. Um, a couple other things happened, and we kind of we bent way too much on defense. Um, I think the depth was an issue in that game. Plus, I think just, I don't know, something about cross-country travel in the middle of the season. Um, they don't always come as locked in and prepared as they, they could be. I think Florida or South Florida is going to be experiencing some of that elevation change. So I think there's a lot of things BYU can take advantage of, um, honestly. And I think there's a lot of things that um, there there's going to be challenges that they're going to have to, to overcome. But I really think this could be the opportunity. They're 23-point favorites, which is the, the biggest – um, I think they've been underdogs in every game except for the Arizona game. Um, so, so two out of three so far, they've been underdogs. But um, it's cool to see them come out on top in these games and, and really just show that they're better than, than what some people have, have felt them to be. Um, a couple big recruits were there. Um, we had Boston, um, I think it's Boston Reinholdt. Um He's a running back from uh, Farmington. He's really strong dude uh, it's been awesome to to see his recruitment um we also had snoop tupa tupavai i think his name was um there we had the quarterback trousseau i think is his last name from lehigh and then um, we had a couple other big name recruits in town and i can't tell you how amazing it is um to watch these recruits come to these games that byu in the past um, might have might have squandered a little bit. One of the recruits is actually um, from Arizona, I believe, um, one of the, the top high school quarterbacks in Arizona. Um, and his brother is the second string quarterback behind Jaden Daniels for ASU. So coming on to the BYU sidelines as a recruit watching the opposing sidelines, it was really cool to, to watch um, that aspect of, of the game and seeing the BYU is going to be really competitive in some of these recruiting battles because they're winning these games and the the players and, and these recruits can see the energy that's on the sidelines, which is so exciting for me as a fan, just to see how much engagement there's been and how much excitement. There was a really cool um, thing at halftime of the game on Saturday as well. I, I should have mentioned the 1996 Cotton Bowl team was honored. Um, I, Tim McTyler um, and a couple other players that I recognized. Um, it was really cool to see them. Um, I think it was 75 players is what I noted um, that were there from that team. And it's my favorite part is there's some of those guys that have not been back to Lavelle's house since um, maybe their time at BYU or in a really, really long time. So it was awesome to get them back and to honor them. And, and it was cool to see a different aspect of, of uh, I guess, recognition from from these, uh, I mean, the school and the fans towards these these awesome athletes from the 1996 season. That whole era, man, the whole Lavelle Edwards era was just insane. And the amount of talent that came through, that, that team went 14-1. and one, And they say it might have even been better than the national championship team in 84. Um, just that one loss that kind of held them up from that. But really an amazing team and an amazing win. Um, really excited to be able to honor them and, and go through that. I, uh, I think BYU just needs to stay locked in as of right now. Like I mentioned, I don't know if we can really put, um, 
a title on this team. I think they're a great team. I think there's aspects that they need to, to tweak and correct. I think there's some things that we'll start to see come to life. And I think Kalani said it best that they haven't played their best football yet. And if that's the case, and they're still going to be able to uh, level up per se, I am, can't wait to see what's going to happen because um, they've really, I've seen improvement every week. I've seen areas where um, they've even um, impressed me more than, um, than I guess I gave them credit at the, at the moment of the game. I think partially it was nerves, um, but I'm really impressed with where BYU's at. I wanted to also, besides talking about recruits and honoring the 1996 Cotton Bowl team, um, I just wanted to to make mention of uh, some of the awesome things that happened just, I mean, during the week um, with as it pertains to, to BYU football. Um, there were a couple name, image, and likeness deals that were announced. One of them was with Tyler Algier right before the game. Um, and he got another name, image, and likeness deal. I think they also started a cryptocurrency um, name, image, and likeness deal. Um, Ohana, and uh, I can't remember the exact name of the cryptocurrency, but that was a really cool, um, I guess, uh, announcement this week that came out of everything. I love the all-whites. The whiteout was a great setup, um, and I think we're going to start seeing the Navy uniforms in the, the coming weeks, so I'm really excited to see the all-Navy, hopefully, and a couple things that way, but as it pertains to just all of these things, like I think there's a lot to, to look forward to. I think BYU has an opportunity to go, like we mentioned last week, was 3-0. This week, they could be 4-0, and it's as long as they come locked in. They, they can't overlook any of these games because two years ago in 2019, um, these are the games that people were saying, okay, BYU wins against three Pac-5 or P5 teams, and this year it's three Pac-12 teams just by chance. Um, but then they'd come back and they'd, they'd flunder, they'd, they'd fumble, or they'd just really just blow something up. They wouldn't play to their level of, of expectations. And I think even last year you had some of those games that teams really just came well prepared for BYU. And I just hope that BYU can come ready to play and, and not overlook any of these teams because all of them have skill, all of them have great athletes, and if they come un- underprepared and one of these teams comes in ready to for an upset – it could be a really long game on any of these weekends. I will say they need to start changing these times from 8.15 p.m. I get so tired driving back home to North Ogden after these late games. But I hope that uh, all the Cougar fans can enjoy another another week of um, winning and learning from winning. And as Jaron Hall says, it's better to learn from a win than a loss. And um, it's better to improve off of that side of things. So really, really excited for the Cougars. Really excited as a fan. And um, just hopeful that um, we can get another win this weekend against South Florida. And uh, in the meantime, go Cougs. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cause Monday here on the Hive Sports. Please check out the articles from, like I said, Dan and, and the others who write. And, yeah, have a great day. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.